Hey, we are in a series called The Power to Change. And uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the fact that change happens in our lives, especially in two different seasons, it comes a lot, January and September. And, uh, you know, some of you know that the change is happening. Some of you started school again. Some of you have uh, put your, you know, summer shorts away, and now you got your flannels out, and we're all good, and we're wearing long sleeves. Some of you, you're getting back to a normal schedule. You're getting back to the miserable rain that uh, some of us love in the room. I don't know. But... Uh, let me just tell you, I'm going to ask this question as we're talking about change. How many of you do something specific in your life and you're just hoping to change, you know? Man, I just, I just hope I can change. There's something that you're hoping to change. I'm sure some of you have got some kind of change in mind. I'm guessing some of you are hoping maybe to get out of debt this year and, and have that change. Some of you are hoping that your marriage gets stronger. Uh, some of you are hoping that your kids are safe and covered. Some of you are hoping maybe that you can get in, in uh, a better health this year. And maybe some of you are hoping as you enter this school year that you're gonna be more organized and more focused than ever before. And you're probably hoping for change. And I wanna tell you, hope is good. Hope is very good. But hope alone won't change your life. Somebody said this, hope is not a strategy. You know what? Habits are going to change your life. And we're going to see this today. I'm going to try to illustrate this. So let me ask another question. How many, uh, just in your mind, you don't have to yell it out to me, but just how many, you know what you did last Wednesday? Going back in your mind, you know what you did last Wednesday. Like, well, what happened last Wednesday? Um, how did it start off? Excuse me, more specifically, what did you do last Wednesday morning? How about that? Well, most of you go, yeah, I know, because you probably did the same thing Tuesday morning and probably something similar on Thursday morning. Why is that? Some combination, because we kind of do the same things. Some of you, you've got your morning ritual down, right? Uh, some of you, the first thing you do is hit snooze about seven times, right? I don't know. Some of you jump right up to the first thing, alarm goes off, and probably you did the same exact thing as you did the day before uh, in some combination. Maybe some of you are, you know what? I can't do a shower, or I mean, I can't think in my mind till I do a shower. I know this is gonna to be too much information, but that's me. It's like, don't ask me to do anything. I gotta take a shower first. It's just like, if I, if, I, if I get, you know, I'm trying to think of the word. I can't think of it now. I'm not having a stroke. Everybody's just like, <laughs> is he all right? Wow. He didn't have a shower today. No. <laughs> if I get uh, the ability to take a shower taken away from me, whatever that statement is in there, you know, I just can't think. I can't think for some reason, but some of you might, that might be you. Maybe you're just, you go straight for coffee. You just got to have Java in your veins before you can do anything else. Some of you, know, some of you do other things. We won't go. Some of you go straight to Instagram or Facebook. Some of you go straight to the Bible and say, you know what? I'm going to do devotions before anything else. But it illustrates, you know, here's the deal. There's a, a study done that shows that 40% of our actions we do on a daily basis are not a result of decisions, but they're a result of habits. I don't have to decide every morning that I'm going to get up and take a shower because it's just my habit. I just do it. And it's not a hope. It's a decision, and it's a habit. So much of what we do every day isn't a result of making these conscious things. It's a result of this is a habit. And here's the point that we're going to launch off to today. It's if you want to change your life, you want to change your habits. That's the deal. 
If you want to see change in your life, you need to look at what am I doing on a regular basis and what change can happen there. So in the Old Testament, there's a great example in the life of a man named Daniel. Now, those of you who know, you know I'm a history nerd, so let me just get you caught up right now on what Daniel is all about and where he comes in. Now, if you're following along in the Life Journal Bible reading plan, which happens to be one of my habits, some of you follow along in there, this week we were in Daniel. This very story came right out of my devotional time this week, and, and I love that. If you don't know what the Life Journal reading plan is, come talk to me. I'd love to share it with you. But being a history nerd, I just want to let you get you the background, the biblical history and the details. God had given the descendants of Israel a beautiful land. He'd promised it to Abraham. And you remember, they went into Egypt, and they stayed there for 400 years, and they became slaves. God brings them out miraculously out of Egypt and gives them this gorgeous, beautiful, fertile land. He gives it to them to prosper, to grow, to spread out, to make an incredible nation with God as their king, with God as their leader. And he had judges that helped rule the systems there. And, and, and God set this all up, but he also gave them incredible warnings. He gave them warnings in that, <clears throat> this is my last grandchild leaving right now, and uh, I love it. Sorry, I didn't mean to embarrass you, but it's awesome. So he gave them warnings, and he said, listen, if you don't follow my ways, I will take this land from you. You know, they had driven out people that had evil cultures and evil practices, and they had literally stained the land with evil stuff, and God wanted to bring in a land and bring in a culture that honored him and loved him, and that's what happened in the nation of Israel. And you remember, then they asked for a king. They said, we really want a king. And so king, God brought kings. You remember King David. You remember King Solomon. That was Israel at its finest, and, and they had a temple, the center of where God would, would uh, the worship of God would take place in that. But God said, listen, if you don't follow my ways, if you turn your back on me, this is gonna be taken from you. And unfortunately, after warning and warning and sending prophet and prophet and prophet, they begin to sin, they begin to compromise, and they turn their back on God. In so much so that God said in one place, he said, you guys are doing evil things that I never even thought of. <laughs> he said, you guys are worse than the nations that were here before you. And it was corrupt. It was evil. It was worshiping everything but God. So God allowed the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, the greatest power in the world at that time, to come in and completely destroy the, the nation of Israel and Jerusalem. And he took away everything that was anything that made them a nation, took away their temple, took away their, their, their walls were broken down. And those that weren't killed or ran off, they captured all the finest, the smartest, the brightest, and they took them back to Babylon, and they trained them and assimilated them into the Babylonian culture. And they had them serve in various positions in government. And... What happened there, you might remember, this is where Daniel comes in because he was of royal blood and he had friends that were of royal blood and they trained them and they put them into the service of the Babylonian king. And you might remember, Daniel had three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's when they came in and 
they began to stand for God and stand for the one true God even when the culture said, we want you to worship other things. And there's a famous story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They wouldn't bow their knee to the God that, that Nebuchadnezzar had put up, the big statue that he'd put up, and uh, they were thrown into a furnace. But God rescued them. In fact, Jesus appeared in the furnace. It's one of the places in the Old Testament where Jesus was there. But we see that he rescued them. But here's the thing about Nebuchadnezzar. He was a great king. He was a mighty king, but he's a little bit crazy. He was a lot crazy. And he would have dreams. He would have crazy dreams. And when he had these dreams, he wanted somebody to, to interpret them. And God would give Daniel the ability to interpret the dreams of the king. And Nebuchadnezzar even admitted, you serve the one true God. The God of Israel is the only God. And we see that God does something incredible and does big things through Daniel's life in the season. How did you do that? And here's what I want to tell you today. God often does big things through small habits. God often does big things through small habits. And here's how this happens. In the book of Daniel, in chapter 6, talks about Daniel is continuing to serve in the administration. King Nebuchadnezzar was gone. King Nebuchadnezzar's son was gone. And there's a new king, the Medes and the Persians had taken over, and it was King Darius. And like other kings, Daniel found favor in the eyes of the king, and Darius wanted to promote him in his administration. And you got to remember, they're still in a hostile country. The Jews are still exiles. But you see, the king was pleased with him, and he saw the quality of person that Daniel was, even though he was older in his life. And so he wanted to promote him. And guess what? Everybody, all the, the Persians and Babylonians in the administration, they didn't want to see that happen. And they didn't want to see Daniel get promoted ahead of them, so they got jealous. And so they said, you know what? We've got to cancel him. Kind of sounds like our government, doesn't it? <laughs> they said, we've got to find something about Daniel's life and get this guy canceled. We've got to discredit his character. The problem was, every time they look at Daniel's life, they couldn't find any flaws in his character because he loved and served God. In fact, in Daniel chapter 6, verse 5, it says this, finally the men, these are the guys that are trying to get him, they said, we'll never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these evil leaders, they go to King Darius and they appeal to his ego and his pride. And they say, King Darius, how about we have uh, let's love King Darius month. For the next 30 days, let's have no one worship any other God except for you. No one pray to any other God except to you. Because at that time, the leader, the king, the greatest person was worshiped, literally. And they said, how about this? Let's write it into a law for the next 30 days that anyone that does not pray to you but prays to anybody else or any other God will throw him into the lion's den. I don't know what it is with these people, but, you know, fiery furnaces, lion's den. You know, can't they just put them in jail? I don't know. That's just my question. But anyway, they want to make sure that it's like quite the incentive not to pray to anybody else. And so the king signs it into law. The problem with the, the Persians and the, the, the Medes and the Persian and their government is that once a law was signed, it could never be rescinded. You can't rescind it. And so... Let's look at the power of one habit in Daniel's life. Daniel chapter six, verse 10. 
When Daniel knew that the king had written his name on the law, he went into his house where, in his upper room, he had windows open toward Jerusalem, and he got down on his knees three times each day, praying and giving thanks to God as he had done before. Look at somebody and say, as he had done before. You don't have to look at anybody, but just think it, right? That would be awkward, right? Just lock eyes with someone and say, as he has done before. And that is where these leaders find him. They know that they are going to catch him doing something because they knew he had a habit of dedication to God. And sure enough, they came in at one of those times, morning, noon, and night when he was praying, and they found him praying, and they went to the king, and they said, okay, Darius, remember that law you signed? Daniel has already broken that law. The king knew that it cannot be rescinded. But it was troubling to the king because he really liked Daniel. He knew Daniel's character. And, and he just, he tried everything. The scripture says that he tried everything he could do upright until the point that he had to be thrown into the lion's den. He tried and he could not find any way to save him. And the Bible says that the king could not sleep all night long. He was, he was thrown into the den. It was sealed. It says, Daniel was put into the den, a big stone was put over it, and the king's seal was put on it. The king went back to his palace. He didn't have his food. He didn't have his entertainment. He couldn't sleep all night. He was up all night worrying about what was happening to Daniel. Next morning, he came in Daniel chapter 6, verse 20 and 21, and he, the king comes out and calls out into the den, Daniel, has the God that you serve been able to rescue you? And Daniel, after staying all night in the lion's den, he said, yes, an angel of the Lord shut the mouths of the lions. He said, yes, my God has rescued me. Now get me out of here. I'm allergic to cats. I don't know what he said, but <laughs> he was in that den all night long. He brings him out. He brings him out. Yet again, one more proof that God is a God of wonders, that God is a God who lives up to his word. And because of Daniel's habit, he finds himself coming out the king is amazed. The king says, you have the one true God. And as poetic justice, all Daniel's accusers were thrown in the lion's den. And guess what? Since Daniel left, they had gotten hungry. And the Bible actually says, before they even hit the ground, the lions had crushed their bones. How's that feel? But it raises the question, what sets Daniel apart? How did he have the, the faith to stare down lions. I don't think we can say that Daniel had no fear in this, but the answer is that Daniel prayed just as he had done before. One small, let me call holy habit. One small holy habit. He did this one habit, seeking God. Not just, not just once, but three times a day. And Daniel never lost this habit of prayer. Now, I can't answer specifically but I can kind of assume that this constant relationship with God, it built his faith in God. You can't spend time with God on a habitual basis and not build a relations with him. It strengthened his spiritual intimacy with God. He learned how to hear the voice of God, to be prompted by God's direction. Three times a day he prayed and it gave him the confidence to say no to spiritual temptation like worshiping other things. And it gave him the spiritual strength 
to stand firm when others would have said, well, this one time, God surely wouldn't want to see me die. One powerful holy habit changed the spiritual trajectory of Daniel's life. You see, we talked about the first week. We're not talking about just behavior modification. This series is not about, hey, let's just change your behavior. No, no, we're talking about spiritual transformation. Because the greatest change that can happen in my life is when God does something that only God can do in my life. I can create habits. I can get on health kicks. I can eat different. I can do it. But let me tell you, what we need is spiritual transformation. And that's what we're looking for. We, talk, we talked about that first week starting with the spiritual why. And then the next week we talked about that we do what we do because of what we think of us, right? We need to change the way we think of us. We define that spiritual who. Who do I want to become? What's a person that I want to become? What would they do in this circumstance? I'm going to do that. And today, this is more along the line of a spiritual what. It's a habit. Based on who you want to become, what's one habit you need to start? What's one habit that you need to start? Now, it doesn't have to be big. Some of you are like, okay, I want to get in shape. I'm going to run a triathlon tomorrow. <laughs> no, that would kill you, right? I mean, you know, it's like, you know, hey, uh, I want to get our finances in line. Guess what? I'm going to pay off my house next week. Oh, it's probably not going to happen. I'm talking about what's one small thing you can do. So many times that I think about the change I want in my life, and I look at it, and it seems insurmountable. And that voice we were talking about last week, it comes in. It says, you can't do that. You can't do that. I mean, look at you. You've been this way all your life. But what's one small habit that you can add to get you walking towards that? How about this? If you want to start a small change, don't hit smooth, but open your Bible. The first thing you do when you get up. Maybe exchange that, let me check what's going on on Facebook, versus let me see what's happening in God's Word. Let me start the day with God's Word. Do you want to start a change? Don't hit smooth or snooze. Look at the Bible. If you want to become a person who cares, you know what? I'd like to think about me less. I want to be a person who cares. Well, what if you wrote one note or text of appreciation a day? What if you did that? What if, like, you know what? For the next week, every day, I'm going to text someone or I'm going to write a note of appreciation to them and, and see if that habit sticks. I want to be more organized. So guess what? I'm going to get up. I'm going to make my bed today. I'm, I'm a weird this way. I, I got to make my bed because at least I accomplished one thing in the day, right? If I make the bed, see, I've done something. All right, now I'm off the hook for the rest of the day. Not really, but it's just something. I want to be a godly example to my family. Well, why don't you guys say, hey, let's do a Bible plan together. I, I want to be closer to God. You know what? I'm going to put more into my relationship with God. I'm going to attend church more regularly than I've ever done. Now you go, now, now you're getting there. That's, that's what the pastor's getting into. He just wants us to come to church more. You know, church attendance is a habit. It is. It's also a habit of not doing and not going. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10, 25 says, let us not neglect meeting together as some have made a habit, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, it's interesting when you go through 
an, uh, a change when you see the whole world change. And obviously, a couple years ago, we did. COVID changed everything, stopped everything. You talk about things that changed in a hurry. It's like when we used to come to church and all of a sudden we don't have church. And then we're, we're, we're watching everything. We're Zooming every meeting and we're watching everything online. And here's what I've noticed is once things started to open up again, guess what? Everybody didn't come back. And I'm not trying to knock on them. And if you're watching online and it's more convenient for you to watch online and it's just convenient, we miss you. We wish you were here. There's something about having you in the room. Now, it's still a great tool for those that might not be able to be here that they can watch online. But let me just tell you that there's something that happens in the faith community when we're together, when we're connected. So I know this sounds painfully practical, but we see that in the life of Daniel, that one small habit can make a powerful spiritual difference in your life. So just a couple things practically on, so if I wanted to start a new habit, how would I do that? Well, first of all, and I've gotten this, there's several great books on this, The Power to Change, Atomic Habits, but I wanna, I wanna see this like, first of all, make it obvious. Make it obvious. There, there's different words for this, but I just wanna say, if we just make it obvious. You know, there's a cue, or there's a, there's a trigger in my life that every time I drive by a McDonald's, I think of Diet Coke. I just do. I don't know if anybody else, I know it's a sickness, and those of you that think Diet Coke will kill you, save it. Oh, just, you can come talk to me, you can come talk to me, you can come talk to me, it's fine. But it used to be they were only a dollar, so hey, it was a good deal, right? It was a good deal. But every time I see McDonald's, I think, why? Because that's where I got Diet Coke. And we have these cues where, like, I talked to one person, said, every time I leave my annual appointment, I go to the donut shop and get a big donut. <laughs> that was their cue. They just had to do it, right? It's just kind of like, huh, I'm alive. I'm going to go eat a donut, right? <laughs> so so how, do we, how do we change up that cue? How do we change up that cue to where it's obvious that I want to make this a habit, so I'm going to make it obvious right in front of me? Make it simple. I want to start taking vitamins, okay? Well, guess what? I'm not going to leave the vitamins up in the cabinet. I'm going to put them right next to my cereal bowl. Hello? More importantly, I want to make reading God's word a habit. Well, get your Bible out of the drawer and put it right next to your toothbrush, whatever. Put it right where you see it, where you go, that is obvious. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. See how you just make it obvious. Maybe you, we have such amazing things on our phones that we can just put reminders on things. Put reminders in there that, you know what, this is what I'm going to do today. You can get, get a reminder. There are so many tools out there. I just talked to you about one of them, the Life Journal. Some of you think, well, if I start reading the Bible and I gotta read the whole thing all day long. No, 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 no. The, the Life Journal is just a Bible reading journey that takes you through the Bible and you just do it in sections. Every day I start my day with reading through the portion of scripture that's laid out in this life journal. And it's just obvious for me, because that's what I do it. Cup of coffee, and open it up, and there I go. And there's, there's version Bible reading plans. I know as a staff, we'll get together, we get together every Monday morning, and we do things together, and many times we'll say, okay, let's start this plan together, and when we get together, we start it by reading that portion in the Bible. There's, it's so easy to step into this, but we've gotta make it obvious. We gotta make it obvious. And I already gave away what we, the next thing we need to do. Not only make it obvious, but make it easy. You know, and making it easy is not like, 
I'd really like to start writing, so I'm going to start on a book. <laughs> How about this? If you want to start journaling more, what if you made a goal of saying, I'm just going to write a sentence today. I'm just going to write, where are you going to start? Start somewhere. I'm just going to write one sentence a day. You know, someone's like, I'm not a journaler. I couldn't journal. What if you just wrote one sentence, what you think about your relationship with God today? And I start doing that every day. See, you're lowering the threshold. You're making it easier. Because sometimes we think people that have all these habits, it's so hard. They're so much more disciplined than me. No, they're not. You just... You do stuff all the time, and it's habitual. You do stuff by habit all the time. It's just flipping them. It's just flipping them. Let's say, you know, man, every time I hear that this couple, they, they pray every night before they go to bed, or they, have, they pray with their spouse all the time. It's like, oh, it always makes me feel guilty. because What if you said, you know what? Once a day, we're just going to say one thing that we're thankful for. We're just going to hold hands and say, Jesus, thank you for that. Boom, we're done. It just starts, make it easy. Start somewhere because that's going to evolve. You know, I, man, if you say, you know what, I want to get healthier. Well, you don't have to like run a marathon tomorrow, but maybe you could find one thing you could do. Like, you know, I'm not going to take the elevator. I'm not going to take the stairs or I'm going to walk the long way around. I don't know. Just one small thing. Not only make it obvious, but make it easier because when it comes to habits, your cues determine what you do. And if your Bible's sitting there right next to the coffee maker, you're going to say, you know what? It's time for me to read the Word. If, if my vitamins are sitting right next to my, my toothbrush, I know that it's got to get there. So when we do our spiritual habits, when we have our spiritual why to say, you know what? The change I want to be, the change I want to see in my life is greater things of God in me. I want to see God do something in me. I want to see God do something in my family. We're talking about tr spiritual transformation, not just tricks to help us to walk more. I hope you're not, not getting that. I'm saying, I need more of God in my life. I don't know if anybody noticed. You look out the window, the world is crazy. I can't watch the news anymore. Both sides are crazy. I mean, it's just like, is anybody not crazy? No. And I just feel this. God's saying, hey, did I ever tell you that the hope was in politics? Did I ever tell you that hope was going to come from Washington? Did I ever tell you that hope was going to come from your paycheck? Did I ever tell you that hope was going to come from who loves you and who doesn't love you? How about this? Hope comes from Jesus and the Lord. Over and over and over, reading the Bible, it says, my hope comes from the Lord. Over and over, and it says, why am I so downcast within me? Because guess what? I'm going to get down sometimes. Why am I so downcast? You know what? I'm going to put my hope in God. Because people are going to let you down. I'm sorry. I hope I didn't depress you, but it's true. I'm going to let you down. But we sing that song that God never fails. He never fails when my hope is in God. I have got to find a way. We have got to find a way. How do we get more of God into my life? And I, I've been playing with these habits this last year. And last January, we always start with 21 days of fasting and prayer. And we just try to, to say, what new thing can we start? What things can we stick with? And I tweak something, and I said, my goal for this year is every morning of the world, I'm going to do this. And guess what? It's become a habit. And I'm telling you what, if, if something comes in and messes up my day, and I can't, I can't rest until I get it done. I love that habit. 
There's so many more habits spiritually that I need to put into my life that I'm saying, God, what's the next thing that I got to make a cue that every time I see it, I know I've got to get into God's word. Every time I hear that report, I'm going to go, guess what? It's not by might, not by power, by my spirit, says the Lord. Every time I get something on the phone, I say, guess what? Not my battle, right? The Lord's the one that fights the battles. You ever heard this? Not my circus, not my monkeys, right? Maybe you just need to hear it like that. Guess what? The thing that's coming against you right now, it's not up to you to fight. Say, God, would you fight that for me? Those are spiritual habits that when it comes against me, the first thing I'm gonna do is turn to God. When it comes up against me, the first thing I'm gonna do is turn to where my hope lies. And it's gonna come one habit at a time. I mean, we can get in the best shape of our life. We can, we can look lean and mean and we can eat the right things and we can even, crazy as it sound, go off Diet Coke. <laughs> we could do that. I don't know why anybody wants it. We could do that. But let me tell you what, if our spiritual habit and my spiritual relationship isn't there, I'm just as lost and just as buried. I'm just telling you, if it doesn't get you closer to Jesus, then it's not real. If it doesn't bring you closer to your relationship with God, it's not gonna last. God is a God of hope. He wants you to hope, but he says, if you will put in the time with me, there's things I can share with you, there's things I can download into your life, the things I wanna tell you, but you gotta spend time with me to do it. 1 Timothy 4.8 said, physical training is good. It's good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. I don't know if you've heard this, but this little life we're living right now is not all there is. In fact, eternity is a lot longer than this life. That's kind of the, uh, Captain Obvious, right? In fact, you're gonna be amazed at how your life is so small compared to eternity. Your, your, your problem is so minute when we, when we get to eternity. You know what, we're not only, we're asking for benefits not in this life, but in the life to come. My relationship with Jesus is the only thing I can take to heaven with me. My relationship with Jesus is the only thing that's gonna go with me. The people that I've connected with and Jesus are the only people that's gonna go with me. One small habit at a time can help us become more like Jesus. And if you're hoping to change something, I'm telling you, hope is good, but hope alone won't change your life, have its will. And you say, well, it's just small, it's just small. How can just one little thing do? I look at Zechariah 4.10, he says this, don't despise these small beginnings. That's what God said. Don't despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. You have no idea how God might do something big through one small habit in your life. So I want you to just close your eyes right now. There's no, there's no accident you're here today. God, God knew, knew that you would be here today. And I, I just want you to begin to have a conversation with Jesus right now for a moment and just say, what is one thing that Jesus has been wanting me to do? What is one thing that I've been hoping that would change in my life that I haven't put the time into? What is that one thing? Maybe it's just a small thing. Would you just listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit right now? Because you know what? I can talk all day long, but if it doesn't come from the Holy Spirit, nothing's gonna happen. We just have a conversation with Jesus. 
God, what's one thing you want to adjust in my life? What's one thing that I've been relying on too much that's empty? What's one thing that I need to go from horizontal and move it to vertical? What's just that one thing? God, what's that one small thing? Father, every one of us are a candidate for change. Every one of us need things to adjust in our life. We live in a world that's absolutely lost its mind. God, I pray that you would help us to see that one small habit could do something really big in our life. And God, I know that maybe we've even felt like we're not that kind of person. We're not a committed person. We're not somebody that has a lot of self-discipline. But God, you could just make one adjustment through us. You could help us to do that. God, we're not looking for just some kind of psychological thing. We're looking for spiritual transformation, something that helps us to hear you better, something that helps us to see you clearer, something that helps us to lean into who you are more, rely less on the hope that we might have in all the peripheral things that life has and have our hope only rely on who you are because of what you've done for us. God, we need to change. We need to become more like you. Help us, God, to see what that would look like. Help us, God, give us the desire. Give us the want to. Give us the desire that even tomorrow morning we might wake up and think something different. God, help us to dig into your word a little more. Help us to have an opportunity just to start my day by talking to you a little more. In Jesus' name. God, I just pray you would help us as we move forward. Help us as we set new plans and goals and dreams and the things that are happening within this month as we change and get things back into the routine of of our life. But God, that you would be the center and that you would expose things that lead us in any other direction but towards you. Maybe you're in the room today and you just need to make a commitment and your prayer is just gonna be, God, here's the one thing Help me to change that. Here's the one thing. Help me to think of just one obvious small thing I could do to start towards that. Maybe that might be your prayer today because the Holy Spirit will help you. He will reveal that to you. He will speak that to you. Perhaps maybe you're in the room and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I'm telling you, today is the best day just to turn back towards him. You know that word repent, it just means to change your direction. Maybe you said, you know what? I don't like where my life has been leading me. I don't like who has been influencing my life. Today, you could just say, Jesus, I want to turn towards you. I want to connect with you. I want you to be my leader and my friend. I want you to dictate where my value comes from. If you say that prayer, the Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and help you walk and become a family member. God's family. Jesus, thank you for those that are courageously praying that prayer, both in the room and maybe online. God, I thank you for the courageous prayers of wanting to start something new and being willing to lean into what you're saying to them right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Or would you stand with me today? We have a prayer wall on the left-hand side of the room, and uh, you know what? We always say, man, don't leave today without having somebody pray with you. We got people that love Jesus and would love to pray with you. And uh, maybe God stirred something in your heart. 
One of the habits I love to get is, is when God nudges me, I want to take that step. And maybe you've never walked over and had somebody to pray with you, and maybe you just want to do that today. Maybe God has done something. Or maybe you're watching online, and you want to ask the host, hey, how can I connect? How can I get prayer? We had a young man that grew up in this church. I had two lives in this church. I got to here in the 80s. I know that's like older than dirt. Uh, and I was a youth pastor in the church. And when I was youth pastor here, they had a young family and a little boy that ran around. How many know little boys grow up? And when I come back, he's an adult. Difficult things happen in his life. Hard things. Broken things. Habits begin to form. And it was literally killing his body. And last week, he was in the hospital. His liver had shut down. The rest of his body was going to shut down. And they said... I think he's going to heaven. We begin to pray. And then somebody texted me and said, Miracle, he is making a turn. They're moving him into a regular room, and OHSU is saying, Hey, let's get you in line for a new liver. Prayer makes a difference. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. Would you put this name in your Rolodex, in your mind? Philip Wallace. That's his name. Let's pray for him. Because God's turning his life. He's saving his life. And it's a miracle. His family's in shock in the best possible way. You know what? Let's don't stop praying. Let's don't stop doing that. Maybe that's a habit God's on. I'm just going to start believing God for crazy things. And it all starts with, maybe I need to go to the prayer wall. Or maybe I just need to talk to friends about praying with me. All right. The first sermon you paid for, that was free. Okay. Until I see you again, I pray that God would bless you and keep you. I pray that he would turn his face toward you and shine his countenance on your life. Change is possible in your life, and it can start with one small thing. God bless you as you go live the life today. Hey, guys, this is Pastor Dave. I just want to say thank you for joining us today for this podcast. You know, at Family Life Church, our vision is to create a safe, authentic environment where people connect with Jesus. And we don't believe it's an accident that you joined us today. You know, if this message meant something to you, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on our website at myflc.org. Or you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Family Life Church Newburgh. And I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and you can listen regularly. And I just want to say thank you and God bless your week.